0: I, I wish I could tell you there's some, some hybrid version of, of Holy Ghost that, that just operates above life and what have you. And, and uh, you don't have to, to uh, be affected. If I would say that, it would not be true. We are human beings. And life unfolds and uh, it's ebb and flow, it's tragedy and it's heartache and it's sorrow and it's horror will affect and challenge my faith. When there is sickness, when there is need, when there is sorrow, when there is trauma of any kind, it will have an impact on my walk with God. Hear me now. My heart and its humanity assures me that when events rock my world, it will rock my faith. Hear me now? You can say otherwise, or you can write the check like Peter wrote. All will forsake you but me, Jesus. And when you come to with the sound of the rooster in your ear, and you go out and weep bitterly, because that's the way we're made. That's the way it unfolds. And reality can fundamentally shake my faith. Didn't say ruin it, didn't say obliterate it, but it will shake it. You see, we come to God with submission and trust and surrender and obedience. We make ourselves vulnerable to this almighty God, this all-knowing, all-able, all-source-of-provision God. And then when life is allowed to do what it does, when the rain comes on the just and the unjust, when sickness ravages the righteous... And when needs and desperation confronts those who have said, Lord, I trust you for everything, that's going to get to you. And there's a lot of people not here today because it not only affected them, it infected them. And that infection was fatal. My ability to maintain those elements of surrender to God will be affected when I am hurt And yet, I tell you, that effect can be checked by a certain knowledge and a power of the Holy Ghost. While my humanity says I will be affected, my walk with God and the power of God in my life says I don't have to be infected. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will be affected. Sure I will. But I have a choice as to whether or not I'll let it infect me. Oh, somebody clap your hands to the Lord today. God's going to help us. Amen. I tell you, the stakes go up and the challenge is even greater when the source of the hurt is from somewhere you were counting on to be kind. Somewhere you were looking to to be safe. Someone you believed in. Someone you trusted. In military terms, they call it friendly fire. When we wound our own. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a house, as many of you recall, the clear prophecy delivered by Brother Stan Gleason years ago, that this is a mass unit dedicated to victims of friendly fire. It's how this church was born over 37 years ago. When it comes from a place that should have been a source of safety, when it's my family, maybe extended family, or maybe it's my home, maybe it's my spouse, Maybe it's my church. Maybe it's a wound that I got in the house of my friends. And because it comes from someone so close, someone that I I had my defenses down, someone that I trusted with my emotions, with my heart, with my life, with my body, it seems like God has got his hands in his pockets and he didn't do anything to prevent it. And that wound is then thrown over to God himself in this scenario you will be conflicted you will be conflicted a conundrum of the soul will be very real in your life while there's no way to not be affected to not be hurt to not have a sense of emotional loss and even confusion there is a way and there is a power by which you do not have to be infected it doesn't have to become unbelief hear me now it doesn't have to become bitterness it doesn't have to become distrust and cynicism of all authority figures it doesn't have to be a rage and a vexation of spirit that lays just below the surface that explodes at all kinds of innocent victims from misplaced frustration amen I tell you the Holy Ghost is plowing deep today the Lord Jesus is our model of course, the author and finisher of our faith, he could and did minister to multitudes. Thousands and thousands. He walked through the crowd and he healed them all with their issues and with their, their vexations of spirit and, and with their hopelessness. And yet he would not be overwhelmed. He modeled the get away and refresh and recharge uh, survival, if you will. He would get alone and he would pray and divine presence would renew his inward man, but he did not survive because he was disconnected. Some people say, well, I won't be hurt because I won't care. I'll isolate myself from everybody and nobody can hurt me. You know whose mail I'm reading today? Everybody's. I'm starting with me. In the last 120 days, the Holy Ghost has led me down a path of discovery of my own self, of wounds and hurts that I hadn't even recognized yet. And What am I going to do with that? I am affected. I'm a 48-year-old man and I am profoundly affected by the things that happened when I was 10 and 11 years old. But I'm here to tell you by the grace of God I have not and I will not be infected. That's my choice and God's my partner, and I'm gonna win. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm not talking about just cutting yourself off from everybody and everything. You go through life alone, and then you are pain free. Really? In that environment, pain's all you've got. We are part of a community. We are part of the household of faith. We were made, we were designed by God for fellowship. It started with Adam and he said it's not good for a man to be alone. It's not good for a saint to be alone. It's not good for a family to be alone. You've got to have the fellowship of one another. You've got to have somebody. Lift up feeble hands. Trust me, I know it hurts to be really a part of people. It's painful to be connected. But folks, it's not an option for the body of Christ. We are members one of another. Lord, I'm not asking for some kind of anesthesia that numbs me to the needs of my fellow saints but I submit to you that in 2006 the law of Christ is still to bear one another's burdens. We are commanded to weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. We share this connection. We are called to be affected and we are empowered to not be infected. Hallelujah. Life has proven how to navigate the process of being affected and not infected, we must be immunized. Amen. Not to stop caring, not to stop feeling the impact, not to be unaffected, but to escape the very real danger of being infected. I did a little Google on immunizations, and I guess the one we're all most familiar with is tetanus. And every time you get a good cut on a nice rusty nail, doing something domestic, the question is, when was your last tetanus shot. Just some highlights, I'm not gonna bore you with the medical details. But by definition, this immunization protects against tetanus, locked jaw, a disease caused by bacteria found in soil. Tetanus is characterized by muscle stiffness and spasms or locking of muscles of the jaw, neck, and limbs. It is potentially fatal. It went on to say that there are various types and levels of inoculation based on your maturity level. When you're a little kid, they give you a certain dose of tetanus, and when you're a big kid, they give you another dose of tetanus. It also indicated there was an immunization schedule that you can't just get a shot once and be done. That life and its ebb and flow may require certain responses if you are wounded or, or cut or, or hurt. And... Uh, after a certain amount of time, that immunization begins to wane, and you have to revisit it. And then this last page, there was actually a page and a half on these side effects. You know, they have to be very careful now with disclaimers for uh, the litigious nature of our society. Some uh, reactions to a tetanus vaccine or a slight fever, redness or swelling of the injection site. Everybody say amen to that. <laughs> Soreness or tenderness where the shot was given. Fussiness. Tiredness or poor appetite. Swelling of the entire arm or leg. This is getting kind of graphic. Vomiting. Crying nonstop for three hours or more. Seizures. High fever greater than 105. Wait a minute. Good Lord. Well, be encouraged. That's only one in 16,000. But it's caveated by this statement. It is much riskier to get tetanus Than it is to get the vaccine. Oh. Did you hear that? You think the side effects are scary. You have no idea what it is to have. The disease. Say it's too unpleasant. Man I I, I roll up my sleeve or. I expose my upper thigh. (laughs) And then I'm impaled. All in the name of medicine. That's not a harpoon, that's our delivery system, especially for me. There's a lot of tissue to be dealt with, and that's all we have to say about that. But it's much riskier to get tetanus than it is to get inoculated. Probably the most uh, common aspect is that it it just unfolds with life, you know a little scrape or whatever we are warned because in life we can bear the offense of another it's not just what happens to you it happens to what it's what happens to the people you care about the people you are connected the blood is thicker than water line while we must be connected what we must be caring it is so important That while what happened to them affects me, that if their attitude goes south, I don't let it infect me. So at the airport, coming home, and, you know, they're at the carousels for your luggage. They'll have some dummy black suitcase, like 90% of all the suitcases. And on the sign it says, is this yours? You know, it may look like yours. It may be the same brand, but it's not yours. So, you know, a lot of people, they'll put fluorescent tape or dots or ribbons or something on there. I've had some interesting experiences at carousels. I flew into St. Paul years ago, uh, met Stan Gleason. We were up there for a golf tournament, and we were at the carousel, and uh, as things were coming around, we saw socks, skivvies, all kinds of personal effects, and we were laughing our socks off until I realized those are my socks. my skivvies my suitcase had exploded and my stuff was all over man that was really bad it was really bad really bad can I get you back that's the question Okay, but that's a good question is this yours hear me now what you're mad about? Is that you? Or is that somebody you're connected to? What's about to sink your attitude? Is that, is that really your offense? Is that your issue? Or has he, have you got it proxy? Well, I care about them. Sure you do. And if you care about them, the best thing you can do for them is keep a good attitude. To help somebody out of the forest of bitterness. Amen. Don't you get lost with them. You know, if they've uh, tied an anchor around their their uh, ankle and jumped in the water, you, you don't need to, to link up with that thing and go down too. Amen. And while we care and while we, while we uh, bear the burdens, if you will, while, while I am going to be someone whose heart is hopefully tender toward another, I won't be lost for anybody. Do you hear me? I won't let anybody threaten my salvation. Look carefully. Make sure your response and your attitude is not something you caught from someone who was infected. Now, while my goal is to be proactive and to preach to you before you have to face the issue being reviewed in the scripture today, I realize that I'm speaking to a beautiful house filled with people that have all been affected, and many of you are infected. Many of you are. How do I know that? Well, I know that firsthand in some cases. But I know that in the Holy Ghost in other cases. I don't know why or how, but something's really got a hold of you. And while I don't fault you, I share the same humanity that will rattle and rock and buckle your knees. And and your eyes seem to be rolling back in your head, and you're going down for the count. I'm telling you, the Lord can keep you standing. Amen. Maybe your issue in the event that affected you was so severe and so devastating. It is life impacting. It's not something you're going to get over. It has since become your obsession. You live every day thinking, how do I reverse this? How do I undo this? How do I rebuild after the bomb has gone off and brought destruction? How do I correct the wrong? When will I be offered so that I can accept the apology that I deserve? Stay with me now. How do I fix my wounded heart? Where do I get the answers for the questions? Where do I fill in? How do I fill in all the blanks? Now I'm going to present to you a truth when you know it can make you free. That's what Jesus said. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. It doesn't say set you free. Make you free is a creative term. What Jesus said, when you know the truth, you have the process by which to be free. Okay? You have the tools and the means that it will take time. It will be uh, maybe a protracted series of events, but that truth will ultimately get you out of whatever prison you're in. That's what he said. Amen. He didn't say, and when you know the truth, you are catapulted over the wall and into paradise and freedom. Didn't say that. But the truth can make you free. You can go on. You hear me? You can go on and be happy. You can be productive. You can discover and do the will of God, even though all of life's issues will not be eliminated. Did you hear me? I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm trying to offer you encouragement. Because, hear me now, this should be the obvious to us, but it's amazing. We can just so convince ourselves, if you will, and and just be so sure that God, something's going to happen and undo this mess and reverse this curse. And and I'm not only going to heal, I'm not even going to have a scar. No! There's no rewind! You can't go back in time and skip that day. The Holy Ghost isn't going to give you some amnesia. I mentioned in the New Life class, I wish I had that little light that the men in black use. You know, and you forget. You have no recollection of these events. Man, I'd be shooting that thing off all up and down this hall. And I'd give myself a shot every day. Probably every hour. (laughs) Maybe after every conversation. Just carry a 12-pack of batteries. Just... (laughs) Amen. But you've got to be able to understand that if it never is made right, I can go on and have a productive life in the Holy Ghost. Now, you hear me. You hear me now that sure I'm affected but you know what it's not going to infect me I'm not going to live crippled I am not going to be in this bondage even with unanswered questions you can go on you will be affected but you don't have to be infected despite hurts that never go away you can go on you are affected but you don't have to be infected regardless of wrongs that are never made right you can go on You can be affected, but not infected. Beyond the brokenness that has never truly mended, you can go on. You can be affected, but not infected. When the change in a person never happens, you can go on. They never say, I'm sorry. They never make it right. They never ask for forgiveness. They never treat you like you should be treated. It never happens. What are you going to do? You can go on. You will be affected, but you don't have to be infected. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now stay with me. I'm going to empower you now. I'm not just throwing out some you ought to you ought to. We're going to flesh this out. Make it very practical for you. Here's the question that can change your life. Here is the vaccination to prevent infection. Okay. So what is it going to be like to live with a longing that this side of heaven will never be realized? Hear me now. I'm going to say it a couple of times. What will your life be like to live with a longing that this side of eternity will never be realized? Maybe it's your greatest dream. It's what you think about every moment of every day. And just maybe, it never will be realized. So what's the rest of your life going to be like? If today you say, okay, God, it never does get fixed. It never is made right. It never hits reverse. What's the rest of your life going to be like? Because that, I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, in many cases is a distinct possibility. Why? Because some of those things are up to people, and God doesn't make anybody do anything. Some of these issues are beyond you. They are external forces beyond your control. And God chooses not to impose his power. So what's your life going to be like? That this side of heaven, it will never be different. It's a very compelling question. You know, you may be here today and say, Brother Pastor, I don't even know what my greatest longing is. And and that's very normal. I'm not saying that's the way it is in all cases. Please hear me now. Many of these things do do see change. There is intervention, and and the circumstances are reversed. And and it's, you know, we do live happily ever after. But there are some things. What if you were hurt by somebody who's dead? There'll never be an apology. What if the situation that was so horrific to you can never be, the, the, the circumstance can never be duplicated and it be fixed? You know, in those cases, are you doomed to be infected? Not just wounded, but, but the bitterness and the pain and the pressure that, that infection brings. Maybe you don't even know what that greatest longing in life is. Maybe you don't know what that unmet expectation that just keeps crying in your subconscious and you're just not happy. Life is not going well. Does an acknowledgement of a longing that this side of heaven will never see fulfilled, does the acceptance of a situation that will never be changed, Does that make it all go away? Does that make it fade into nothingness? No, no, it doesn't. Please stay with me. While the longing may well remain for the duration of your life, if you live to be 103, it may still be a deep longing of the soul. The demand that it must be met or I won't be happy, that can be taken away. The fact that it holds the rest of life hostage that can be taken away the fact that everything else is impacted by that one situation that one element that one slice that one season that one event of your life affects all the events of your life that can be changed and it can be isolated and compartmentalized and covered and encapsulated in the Holy Ghost And the rest of my life can be joy unspeakable that is full of glory. It can be life and life more abundantly. Amen. It doesn't have to go away. But it doesn't have to hold the rest of me hostage. Are you hearing me? Oh Lord. What's the rest of my life? Well, I tell you what. That event is not going to taint everything. It's not going to shape how I look at the rest of my days. It's not going to be the thing that defines me. It's a part of me, but it's not all of me. See, there's some people that just, they have the future held hostage. That until this gets fixed, I won't be happy. I won't be fulfilled. I'm not going on. My life is on hold. Held hostage to this deep buried pressure of an unmet expectation. Oh God. But if the Holy Ghost can help you realize what it is. What it is. It will also help you say, man, I'm affected by that. But I'm not infected by that. Let me just flesh it out very simply, and this is, this is a very simple example. But I've had to come to the realization that this side of heaven, I will never see or talk to my parents again. It's not going to happen. Now, that's a very basic, you would think, common sense approach. But until you lose somebody that's a part of your life, the core of your life, you can't imagine what it's like to understand Somebody you talk to every day, thought about all the time. And they're no longer a part of this planet. It's tough to reconcile. Yes. And so what am I going to do? Just shut down emotionally? A- am I just going to be crippled and, and have a grandbaby and not be happy? Because the great granddad's not here. Oh, I'll think about him. You bet I will. I'll think about mom and the joy it would have brought to him. Because I'm affected by that. You can't stand at a grave and not be affected. I came from one of the most affecting scenes of my life. Sister Ann Hackler was 46 years old. She was a high school sophomore when I went to ABI. She was a captain of my first ever quiz team. We won the Youth Week Championship and. It just began a 30-year friendship. Six years ago, she was diagnosed with cancer. She had a four-year-old and a one-year-old at the time. And uh, the thought of death for a young mother with babies, very tough. She lost her fight last Tuesday. She fought cancer for six years. She poured life and values and love into those little boys. They're now 10 and seven. We stood outside the mausoleum I'd been asked to lead, a chorus of her favorite song from her childhood. Little Sheldon, the seven-year-old, began to cry, crawled up into his dad's lap, and just whimpered like a pup. Now, folks, I'm affected by that. But I will not become infected by saying, God, how do you let good people die too soon? How do you let things like that happen, Lord? That's where being infected is not an option. But as I held that little boy and I I tried to love on him and invite him to Cincinnati for a day at Kings Island and those kind of things, I was very affected. I am affected the rest of my life by that day. And you know, according to the template we've put out, His mommy, he will never have his mommy again. If he lives to be 77, his mommy's gone. And I began to pray, Lord, this little guy is so affected by this. But don't let it become an infection down the road. I look at some of you in the trauma of life, and I know you're going to be affected. I know you are. But I pray for you that you not be infected by it. I pray for you that your faith be strong. I pray for you that you can have this conversation with God to say, Lord, what's my life going to be like if this never gets fixed? The people you've believed in to be saved and restored, what if in your lifetime they never get saved? You can go on. You can be affected but you don't have to be infected. You do everything possible to make your home happy and successful and godly. Everything in your power and it doesn't work. It is fruitless. What can you do? You can go on. Well, I know you'll be affected. You don't have to be infected. Jesus said... A promise that's so important. You see, when we get to this point of reconciling that some things are not going to change and they are not going to dominate my life, they're a part of me, but they're not all of me. They affect me, but I, I refuse to let them infect me. Then the peace of God is released in your life. Not a disconnect, not like, you know, you turn Vulcan and it doesn't matter anymore. Not like you greet everybody with live long and prosper. And your ears get pointy and your fingers do this thing. That's not the point. But the point is Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Let your choice, your decision on your emotional state and your worldview." Amen. Not peace because everything's great, but peace that passes understanding, which tells us that the environment says it is not peaceful, but God gives peace anyway. The circumstance does not make for, you know, joy and happiness and life's a party, but there is still the peace of God. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace In the world, you will have tribulation. Not maybe, not it's likely, it's a done deal. You will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm bigger than the tribulation of life. I'm bigger than your wound. I'm bigger than your hurt. I'm bigger than your need. And so the next question becomes one of relationship. So when you realize there's no one on this planet to fix what's hurt or broken in you, what if I give all that energy, that unmet expectation, what if I throw that all into the arms of Jesus Christ? How big would God be in your life? How huge would he be in your life? If instead of counting on people that never will, count on a God who always will. Well, come on now. Instead of just being disappointed in man, you can have a strong confidence in God who will love you every day unconditionally, who will forgive you completely, who died for you, who values you. Oh, friend, take it from man who will never come through and give it to God who will always come through. Oh, somebody rejoice in the Lord today. Stand with me, Calvary. Come on, let's stand and rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I'm telling you today, if you're here and you're deeply affected and you you see some of the signs of infection, you feel some of that pressure and pain. You know, something that's infected is real tender. You know? That's how you can know it's infected. So sensitive. I'm going to tell you, you can be transformed. You can be transformed. I like this definition of transformation. Transformation takes place when a person has an encounter with God and the two of them do business. And no one else is allowed in. Amen. Affected, undeniably, assuredly. Infected, no. No. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We are profoundly affected, but we are not infected. I have pondered and sought, God, how do we dismiss today? What do we do today? We put out two very important questions. What will the rest of your life be like if your deepest longing is never realized? Come on, look at me. What of the thing you've prayed about the most? You never have enough money to not need a coupon to go to the store. Hear me? You never get to that house. You never drive that car. What's your life going to be like? Hostage? You're live in a POW camp? Prisoner of unmet expectations? Or can you realize, okay, yeah, that's, that's me. And I know why. Because of this, because of that. But I'm, I'm going to go on with my life. I'll be forever affected, but I'm not going to be infected. I'm not. I choose not. I wish I could tell you everybody makes up, everybody does the right thing. But in the last few months, I've had people die and they never did say, I'm sorry. So what do I do? Do I bury my hope of a future? No. See, I I took that to the Lord. I didn't know what I was doing, but I, I was just a young man. I said, you know, if they never make it right, I have to go on. So what's life going to be like? What's life going to be like? I tell you, when you identify it and you realize it, you can have such peace. You know, it's okay if it's never okay. Because God's bigger than that. So, so the next question is, so what if I put all my hopes and all my dreams and everything I'm counting on into the arms of Jesus Christ? What if I give him that? What if I really make myself vulnerable there? Well, I can't tell you it's never going to create a question. I can't say it's never going to be a problem. John sitting in the cell saying, Are you the one or look we for another? Proves that God doesn't have to answer every question and he certainly doesn't have to meet all of my earthly expectations. I tell you, I feel safe in His arms. And I still trust His people. I do. I've been betrayed. My family's been betrayed. But I still trust people. I refuse to be held hostage. I refuse to live disconnected on the premise that I'll never be hurt. I refuse. I am not going to be in jail to that. I'm not. I'm not. Amen going to love people, going to trust people, going to believe in people, going to take a chance on people. sure I am. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you're here and you don't want to be infected, I, I'm going to ask my pastoral staff, Brother Anthony, uh, Sister Leah, all those involved in ministry, their wives, come and stand across this front. I, I thought I have having a prayer line. I know it's Sunday morning. My wife's got a roast in the oven. Spread yourself out here. Make yourself available. For people to come up and be prayed for. Sister Pasley, come. Sister Tyree, I want you to come. Amen. And, and just make yourself available today if you want somebody to pray for you. You've been affected. Sure you have. Welcome to the human race. We've been affected. We're standing here. We've been affected. Profoundly affected. Forever affected. But by the grace of God. I can be infected and the Holy Ghost can inoculate you today that immunization is for you to say okay what's my life going to be if this never gets fixed come on don't be afraid be free and what's it going to be if I give Jesus everything that I'm looking for in people but Danny, I want you to sing. I want us to pray right now. And I want you to just come at your leisure. If you're done, if you're going, you know, this is a little too deep, a little too uncomfortable for me, a bunch of touchy-feely, the big fella, he's of an emotional wreck. God love you. You can go. But if, if you don't want to get infected, I invite you to come. Find somebody. Let them pray for you. Let him pray the prayer of faith. And it'll Never heal the sick today. Let Amen. Go. Come on. Let the, Lord, let the Lord do it for you accept some things that are never going to change. But your life can go on. You can be fulfilled. You can live in the will of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Be you staff. Be led of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah Jesus. Amen. Come on. Find someone to let let them pray for you. Find someone to pray for. No one else Amen. If you feel led, led in the Holy Ghost, you can come. This is this is the body of Christ Nothing ministering today. In Jesus' name, Jesus. Pain. Amen. Staff, be sure you get to everybody who's come now. I know you're going to feel the need and the burden and the unction of the Holy Ghost, but I want you to move forward. Sister Beth, come and pray with yeah. people. Jim, I want you to come and pray with people. I need more more to do surgery. Come on all around to the front. Some of you that are in the aisle, come out here to the front. Come right here to the front.